welcome to Wax Sun Weekly. Wax Sun Weekly is the official Western Athletic and A-Sun Conference podcast of FCS Fans Nation. Wax Sun Weekly is hosted by Dustin Helton, Brandon Owens, and Will Siler. Welcome back, FCS fans nation, to week eight of the FCS football season and the ninth regular episode of Wax Sun Weekly. And I just want to point out, that intro is really cool, but uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, there is not one team in that intro that has either the WAC or the A-Sun logo on their jersey. Um, really? I've never paid attention to that. I, I just noticed that right now. Um Every single school either has Big Sky, Big South, uh, Southland, or OVC on there. Uh, kind of interesting, but uh, maybe we get some new footage next year. Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should update that. But <laughs> if you're just looking up pictures, they're all from the old conference days. But never mind that. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. Uh, you know, SFA won this week, so. Sipping on a little SFA-inspired beer for Purple Lights because that's what we light up whenever we uh, win in Nacogdoches. So, Fredonia Brewing, if you're watching this or listening to this, you want to throw some sponsorship money over here because I'm holding up your beer for everybody to see. Just just saying. DM me. We can talk about it. That's so cool. I, I think it's so cool when teams have, like, brews that are, like, inspired by the school. Yeah. You can't see. It's kind of hard to see, but like the uh, and I'll show you whenever you come to NAC. But if you look in the background, it's actually the dorm scene hall that the purple lights are on. So it's kind of cool so to have cool. the campus on it. Yeah, Fredonia's got a couple. They have like the Axe or the Angry Axe IPA and some other ones. But this one has been a hit since since it first launched, and a percentage of the money goes back to SFA. Also, oh, it's even it. better. It's even better. Awesome, Brandon. We talked before, but how are you, my man? I'm doing good. I'm 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 ready to just get out of this right so let's just let's just get it going nothing better than talking football to get you out of a rut um well i'll run through some results from uh week seven and uh (laughs) then we'll jump into a few that might have been interesting uh jacksonville state held on knocked off north alabama 47 31 in a baseball stadium uh that was interesting i only saw Uh, that game going one direction anyway i don't know That's a bad pun. <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> God, you're a nerd. Oh my uh, God. Anyway, I'm, I'm a dad. I was about to say that's a good dad joke. <laughs> oh me. Um, UCA went to Kennesaw and beat the Owls 51-24. Austin P uh, in their rivalry game against Murray State won 52-17. Sam Houston, in dramatic fashion, um, beat Eastern Kentucky 25-17. That game was not uh, really 25-17, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Aveline beat Southern Utah 21-18. Northern uh, Iowa took care of Utah Tech handily 41 14 and then sfa knocked off tarleton 41 to 24 at home and uh rev got to drink as much purple lights as he wanted um way too many 
Way too many? And champagne. Purple lights and champagne are just stay. Nothing like beating Tarleton State, am I right? Hey, you know, listen, here's the thing about Tarleton. Going to high school in Arlington, I had a, a friends, uh, some you know, who went to Tarleton, and you know, we were in different classes uh, socially, not grade wise, just socially. But you know, they went to they went to uh, you know that bone school in Stephenville. So it's one of those things that I haven't. I want to say an inherent dislike for Tarleton, but I don't like them. So beating them and beating Bo Allen was enjoyable to watch. It was a it was an enjoyable experience, especially the way SFA turned it on in the second half and played like the team. We kind of expected them to be all year. So we can get to that later. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the time. It was fun. Uh, we'll just start with that game because I thought it was uh, good to see SFA play, like you said, like we thought they could. Um, so what did you see uh, in that game that, you know, has you excited? Because some of the voters are still putting SFA in their in their polls. And I think they're – are they ranked in one poll? They're ranked in the coaches poll. I think they're twentieth, yeah. something like that. But I mean, if you think about, it, they're four and three, and their three losses are against Louisiana Tech, Jacksonville State, Sam Houston. So, yep. depends on how you count it, they're not FCS losses. So, against the FCS, they're three and zero, and they're another win that's non-counter against Warner Brothers Studios. Um, watch them. It was nice to see one Xavier Gibson get uh, get some action. His punt return for a touchdown. I mean, just it shows it just shows the pure athleticism and speed that he has. But it's kind of it's one of the things we did see is kind of a tale of two halves again. You know, the first half, Trey Self didn't look himself. He looked not confident. Um, the second half, he turned it on and played great, you know. And so just trying to figure out what we can do to see consistency across all four, four quarters with them. Um, you know, but other than that, like, I mean, it was still a good game. Our defense looked great. Got a couple, you know, a couple picks. Like we said, we limited Bo Allen. Bo Allen can sling the rock. You could see where he could he could throw the ball real well, but we just did a good job of shutting down the Tarleton offense, I thought. Um, it was a lot of fun. After the game, your favorite coach, Coach Carthel, gave me a hug uh, on the field, which is cool. <laughs> and, I, had, but, I have nothing against the man anymore. I, I, <laughs> I do think it was cheesy when he took his shirt off. And other than that, uh, I have been uh, very impressed with how he Boy, one how he coaches and two how he carries himself. I think he's, you're gonna he's you're gonna hate third downs then whenever you come to the game on November twelfth. What does he like take his shirt off on every third down? They do on the screen, yeah. Oh my god! But thankfully, the way our tents will be, your back will be to it, so you won't, won't see it. <laughs> I just won't look at it. I'm just warning you. There's some things production wise, game wise that are that did kind of annoy uh, annoy me. I don't want to say that, but like if I ever hear Hell's Bells one more time in my life, I'm probably going to lose oh, it. Oh, that's, that's everybody. I know, but like it just was every third down is, you know, time to swing your shirt, you know, and then they start playing the beginning of Hell's Bells. I'm like, that's fine. You're going to swing your shirt, get loud. That's one thing. I'm good with that. You know, you're playing on something, but let's, let's you know, why don't we make chainsaw sounds? We're lumberjacks. Do something that's loud. Don't, don't you know, don't go. I'm not going to hum it because I don't want to get a copyright strike, but you know what I mean? Like, so – I mean, but other than that, like the game day experience was great. Getting back to NAC because I hadn't been up yet this year was great. And seeing our team perform, you know, felt good. Now we go on the road to Southern Utah, which will be a fun one, I think. And then, you know, like I said, in a few weeks, we got a good one against UCA. Yeah. Still some big games left on the schedule. Yep, there are a lot of big games. Um, Next game I want to jump to, Jacksonville State, North Alabama. Um, this game was, it looked like it was in hand. It was 31, 14 at half. Uh, again, it was played in the baseball stadium at the rocket city trash pandas, um, field in, uh, Madison. And 
UNA came storming back, and I, I was, was worried. Yeah, uh, granted, I couldn't watch it because I had other priorities, but sure, I was getting updates, and I was just like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" It was. It looked like it was about to be a an epic collapse, um, but it was not. Jacksonville State came back, still put up forty seven points, rushed for like three hundred yards. Um, mm-hmm. Which, if you do that, you're probably going to win a football game. Um, so, what did you see out of that game? Because I know the North Alabama fans are pretty upset. Uh, I was on their fan forum today, just kind of reading around, and it was like, okay, we're going to score points on people, but we can't stop anybody. And I mean, they're like they're predicting themselves to lose, like on the fan forum, and that's like rock bottom when you're like diehards start predicting losses. But yeah, uh, what did you see? Um, of what I saw, JSU was dominant. Um, I didn't get to see the second half, uh, because that was around the time we were in warm up, about to go on the field and, um, awards. Uh, so I didn't get to see that, but like the first half, JSU looked really dominant yeah. and looked like, looked like how JSU should be looking every single game. Uh, unfortunately that's kind of like that, the 31 to 14, obviously that's a 17 point spread mm-hmm. and it doesn't take much to make that a close game. I mean, they scored two touchdowns no, it doesn't. and so, I mean, you go from 31, 14, 31, 28 and you scare everybody, but really that was just, I mean, that's two possessions. So, um, obviously they, you know, they scored almost 50 points. So anytime you do that, you pretty much dominated. Uh, so they continue to look like who we think they are. Um, with the exception of a couple close one, I guess, well, really just Kennesaw, but, um, what? So the, both bands were there. The Southerners were seated behind the away side field stands. They were the furthest away from the field. Like Wait. part of the, part of the Southerners could not see the field. They could not see what was going on on the field. Well. I guess that's probably just the nature of putting in a baseball stadium. Yeah, like why? Why the hell was it moved to the Trash Panda Stadium? Like, granted, I love the Rocket City Trash Panda's name. I think it's one of the best names in minor league baseball. But oh, it's grown on me. I love but, it. But but was it? I mean, was it because they figured bigger fans and they couldn't hold them out in Florence? I, like, no. I don't get why you why no. do, you do something. Raleigh, listen, listen. Raleigh seats more. Than that's what I thought. I thought I, I thought the stadium in Florence seated more. So I I don't get this besides the fact that it's a spectacle. So I was when I was reading on their fan website, <laughs> their fans say that uh, obviously they're trying to figure out an on-campus stadium, but they're also trying to kind of they're at odds apparently with the city of Florence, and um, they want to put the logo on the field at Braley, and apparently the city has told them no because it's a high school stadium and whatnot, mm. and it belongs uh, to Florence High School. Yes, and so they one wanted to put their logo on a field at on with a game that was going to have Alabama like citizens at the game, and um, they're apparently wanting to reach into kind of the Huntsville market uh, more so than they have before, and they thought that they could if they had it there. And they've um, always been in the Huntsville market, but okay. Yeah. Well, they thought they could get more exposure by doing that and having their logo on the field and almost put some pressure on the city of Florence to like, 
kind of work with them a little bit more. Okay, the pressure on on the city of Florence, I understand, but everything else, like as far as recruiting goes, Huntsville is UNA territory. Well, yeah, like, yes, but you want to like your logo needs to be on TV in that market. Oh, I, I agree. I totally agree. But here's the thing. I don't think doing that's going to be the kind of pressure because they have no leverage. What are you going to do? Say, hey, we're going to go play a one direction game every home game in, in Madison. Like they're not going to do that because it's not feasible and sustainable. What they have to do is they have to get they have to get their boosters involved, their alumni involved and find a way to funding to build a stadium, to find a way to build a stadium on their campus versus depending upon playing at the high school stadium. I mean, you're you're a damn D1 team now. Right, yeah. you're not your damn D one team. You should have your own stadium. You know, I mean, there are some there are some places that don't have their own stadium where their stadiums are owned by the city, aka North Dakota State. But you know, you at least want to have something where you can put your logo on the field, where you can put your your all your <laughs> stuff there. And so they, you know, I don't think doing that accomplish anything except for to let them get their logo on the field. Well, here's the thing: Brawley seats what? between 12,000 and 14,000 am I correct about that I thought it was more like 15 16 but it might, you may it be, might right. be it's but somewhere around there there is a stadium in Huntsville that local high schools use that never is filled up because the the capacity is way too big for a high school stadium here or a, for a high school football game here in Alabama Milton Frank Stadium seats 12,000 well that could be perfect exactly if they're looking but for you also don't want to have to drive. Like, you, don't, you don't want to have to drive that's the thing that's what that's what's doomed like umass football whenever they were you know they're based in, they're based in what amherst and they're playing games at gillette stadium trying mm-hmm. to like you don't want to do that because your your students aren't going to necessarily go right. to that. like that's like the but the, the thing is gonna wear off of that real quick the thing is florence is depending on which way you go it's a 45 minute to an hour drive but they're not going to I'm saying they're not but I'm saying that but um and also a majority of your students come from the Huntsville area so literally it's literally like them driving home for the weekend maybe but you're just going to have less students at the game yeah like, you, naturally. yeah but you, i mean if you were looking for a better place to host a big crowd like that milton frank, would, milton frank would have been a better choice and if you're wanting if you if you think it's necessary kind of like how the university of alabama did with legion field if you think it's yeah. necessary to host some of your games some of your home games at an off-campus stadium and you go to huntsville milton frank needs to be your first choice not not a minor league baseball stadium yeah they did say they made uh, like the administration said that they expected to, and then followed up and said they did make uh, more money off of this game than they did any other home game. And the crowd was actually smaller, but they had more like luxury seating, uh, mm-hmm. like options. So like I'm guessing su- like suites um, mm-hmm. and things like that, like boxes um, to get corporate partners at. And so you charge a little more, you get, you know, little more money so i think mm-hmm. i think it worked out for them um and i do think they were trying to show like hey we don't have to play at this high school field like minor league baseball is over we could play there if we wanted to every game and chances are we could move the fence back five yards in left field so that we could go both directions um that was the issue is the the back line of the end zone was literally like three feet from the fence and which i don't so- understand i i thought all like big league baseball was the same size 
Mm-mm. No, your ballparks can be different. Ballparks can vary. Yeah, like if you're oh. if you're going to try to do a full football game at like Minute Maid Park, you couldn't have done it from the left field left field to mm-hmm. uh, to home plate because of how short the left field ball is. Like you would have to run it another. You have to run it out through right field instead. They did the same thing with uh, the games at um, what's it now called Choctaw Stadium, which used to be the ballpark in Arlington or Globe Life, whatever it was called then. You know they yeah. had to run the they had to run the games out uh, the 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 field out to right field because it was long enough to to do it safely. So I don't yeah my all not all ballparks are the same and you can't really run it up to center field because no one's going to get a good seat out of it. There's just not right. a good line of sight if you do that. So you have to run it along the foul line, which is why you shouldn't do these games in baseball stadiums. Let's get back to that. <laughs> like you should not do this in, in baseball stadiums. Unless, unless it's a you know a stadium that was built in the seventies that can convert to football and baseball sidelines, like there's just no need to do it. I uh, I would agree unless my school needed to do that to make money, and if they needed to play at a minor league ballpark every Saturday to make more money, then I'd say go ahead if you can get the same decent sized crowd. But I don't anyway. think you get the same decent size. I don't think you get the same crowd, though. That's the thing. I think Jack, the fact that Jacksonville State got you a crowd, I don't think they get that crowd if SFA came there or if mm-hmm. or if uh, Tarleton came there or if Abilene Christian came there. Or, yeah. you, you might get it for UCA. You would get it for Jack uh, for you got it for Jacksonville State, but maybe Austin P. But that's it. Like you're you're not going to yeah. get it all the time. It's not yeah. a guaranteed thing. You might take a loss at some of those points too. And the bad thing about this, UNA was hoping that they would have a major turnout. No, that almost that entire stadium was red and white. There wasn't very much purple and gold, purple and white, whatever. It was primarily red and white. Yeah, that game was trash. Pandas. Did they uh did they sell it out? Yes, they did. It sold out. I thought so. Um and ESPN had the capacity wrong. It that that minor league stadium seats ten thousand and ESPN had it at seven thousand. Yeah, the attendance says it was ten one. So well I don't care. Good for them. But Chris Hammond's gonna be upset because we're talking about baseball. So um I don't know if you saw his comment last week. He was like, I sat through way too much Kennesaw State baseball talk. And I was like, I think it was like two and a half minutes. But Anyway, Dude, you needed something. You you needed something to listen to while you're trying to get Vandal alumni to donate money. I don't want to hear it, Chris. Pipe down. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, we kind of alluded to the dramatic ending from the uh, Sam Houston Eastern Kentucky game. That was nuts. Uh, I did not watch this game, so I'm interested to see. So or hear what y'all said. What y'all? What y'all? Go watched. ahead. Go ahead, Will. Down seventeen sixteen, the Cardiac Cats drove down, kicked a field goal. It was good. They went. Or that's I guess three seconds left. Uh, so game winning field goal essentially. They kicked off, um, and Eastern Kentucky tried to you know hook and ladder their way up the field on the kickoff return and fumbled and uh, I think fumbled into the end zone. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And. Um, they recovered it. Sam Houston did and took it back for or in the end zone for a touchdown. And so it was 25, 17, eight point win. Uh, if you don't, I mean, that's kind of a garbage touchdown. So it was really a 1917 win. Um, and even through the elation of a big win, Sam Houston still demoted their offensive coordinator. Yeah. They put him on the, on the chopping block. And Casey Keeler made a tough call midseason. He is already getting into FBS form. He is saying, "We're cutthroat here." And look at look at their offense. Their offense has been terrible this year. They're averaging yeah. averaging something like not. I don't think they're even averaging twenty points a game. I need to do the math. They haven't had 
that same potent offense that they had last year. And why is that? Because the person who ran that offense is now coaching at the University of Delaware, and you're seeing what he's yep. doing there. The Wait. Thing that, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, here's the thing that sucks for <clears throat> Sam fans, all, you know, five of them that aren't in prison. Um, this Their game this week against Utah Tech, they don't have half their starters because they all redshirted. That came out today too, so they're going to be playing their second a lot of second stringers, letting get those guys get some get some action. So you thought your your offense was bad before? Wait till now, yeah. like like that's just uh I mean that's just what I mean at this point I, I I mean I think they're only four I think they're only four and one or three and one or something like that. They're what I mean, but what are you three playing? and two three and two? But what are you playing for at this point if you're if you're a Sam player and what are you watching at this point if you're a Sam fan besides the fact that you're an alum like. What a waste. I mean, you you would think transitioning in to UCOSA, you would want to go out. Yeah, you're not playing for playoffs. Yeah, you're not not playing for for uh you know but you'd wanna play. you'd wanna go it's, out the route like Jacks Jacksonville's going. That was my point because when folks look at you for next year, they're gonna look at what you did last year. Jacksonville State has gone in rec shop. A couple of their games, they did play like the old Jacksonville State, but you know they're doing this. Sam Houston rivalry game, <laughs> shush, rivalry games. Yeah, but 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 Sam Sam Houston's just been like, nah, whatever. Well, we get Air Force next year at NRG. Like you know, be be better, okay? But at the same, I mean, but yeah, at the same time, I didn't think Utah Tech had a chance against Sam Houston until that came out today, and now I think Utah Tech might have a chance against Sam Houston this weekend. Well, and you look at the games they have left, too. It's a good time to be Abilene Christian because yeah. Abilene Christian's really pushing for a playoff bid. And yep. they uh, they could very well uh, win a game against Sam Houston that I was really counting on them probably dropping. Um, and Southern Utah is the same way. They're um, they're still playing for something. So that's that's big for those two schools to end the year on a, a, a wounded, uninterested, and like half – power sam houston team yeah so things don't look great in huntsville texas well they never do it's huntsville sure it kind of smells bad feeling safe so the news about keeler doing what he did that surprises me because he doesn't want to coach at the fbs level no and you know i guess it was you rev that was that shared something about um Keeler didn't get a contract. He still doesn't have a contract. Everybody else does. Every other coach. Keeler does not. Every other coach at Sam Houston, every other sport, has it, a new contract heading into the conference. USA. And I, I've I, heard, I thought I've he heard. has a one-year contract then. Nope. No. So everyone, so everyone has gotten a contract for next year. He does not. And the thing with that is the things I've heard is that, one, they have to raise some more money to pay him what an FBS coach should be paid. Sure. Because he wasn't – and that does make sense. But, you know – what if you don't, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I've never seen Keeler as wanting to be an FBS coach. He said that he didn't want to be in the FBS. I wouldn't, I would be, I would be shocked if he's coaching in the next year, to be honest with you. If oh, he didn't just said the same thing, but look at what, what that he quickly changed his Hey, mind. Hey, Hey, at, at the rate KSU is going, I'll be shocked if Bohannon's coaching next year also. So oh, yeah, true. True. unfortunately, the, let's, let's talk about him for a second. Um, he is a great coach, first of all. Yeah. And I think he's a good dude. But I do think the triple option is something they have to move away from exactly. heading into the Conference exactly. USA. Exactly. And 
he doesn't know anything else. That's what he trained under. He trained yeah. under uh, what's his? I don't know the Paul guy's Johnson. name. Yeah, at Georgia Tech, and I mean that's unfortunate for him. And maybe he can adjust. I'm sure as a football coach, you know other schemes because you have to know other offenses for defense. Um, but that could be really unfortunate for him if they have to part ways solely because he's got a philosophy that's just not going to work. At, mm-hmm. With the well, obviously with the new rule change, and then second at the FBS level. And the thing is, I don't like even with Keeler at Sam Houston. I don't know who would replace those two. I don't. I don't have anybody in mind unless you are bold and you go after uh, North Dakota State's head coach. I wouldn't go after. I wouldn't go after. And I'd go after Stig from South Dakota State instead. To be honest with you, if I was going after a coach, to, that dude's not leaving South Dakota State. I, he's yeah. not going. He's not going to. But I would try to entice him to do so. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's. I, I mean, Shoot, even go after one of the assistants at either of those teams. Yeah, you could go after uh, who's the, who's the OC? Is it Lujan? I think it's his name up at SDSU. But like, there's, I mean, there's things. Here's the thing about Mohan. I think Mohan's a nice guy. I think he's a good coach. But at the same time, just because you're a great FCS coach doesn't mean you're a great FBS coach or you would be a great FBS coach because of the system you run. Look at the, look at the schools at FBS who run the triple Chargers. and look, and look at their, look at their success. It's not that great. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe FCS is where he should be. Maybe he goes, to a school, maybe let's say let's say KSU does let him go because I mean he he's on he's got to be on the hot seat now at the moment, right? So I think you know, he is. So look, he could go to a school like Presbyterian or Campbell or Gardner Webb and turn them around with his philosophy, his ability to recruit, and do anything like there's there's opportunities for him that aren't bad opportunities. But I just I don't you know I Kennesaw State is going to have to figure out a whole new a whole new offense scheme because they're just they're not gonna it's not going to cut it. It, you know, they might they might have fun games against service academies, but, <laughs> but that's about it. Short games, short games, yeah. Getting army and navy on the schedule, there'll be some some quick ones. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I just I don't. And to your point, yeah, I don't know who they would pull to to uh, to replace them. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they go after uh, Nate, uh, this guy. What's his name? Oh gosh, uh, Nate, Nathan Brown. At UCA and get him to uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that dude ain't leaving UCA and you know it. Yeah, uh, him and Stig are a lot alike. I feel yeah. like Brown will be obviously difference in age, but Brown's gonna be at UCA till he uh quits coaching. Yeah. So, um, uh, just a point of note here they both make just under 400,000 a year, um, Bohannon and Keeler, and so uh, Keeler is gonna be a highly sought after coach at the FCS level. If he were to say, Hey, look, I don't want to go. I don't want to lead this program into the FBS. Um, So I think he could make that money somewhere um, else. Like, I think he could get a big name job. Um, Bohannon, maybe not because a lot of schools aren't going to want to pull the triple option as their philosophy moving forward. But like you were saying, if he goes to one of the smaller schools, he's not going to make that much. I mean, if he goes to Gardner Webb, he's not going to make $400,000 a year. No. But just a interesting thing there. I, I would never choose that uh, offense to run because it puts either. you in a bad spot. I but wouldn't either. Then again, he won a lot of games doing it, so I can't really say anything. Yeah. But um, let's see. Any other games you guys want to touch on? Um, I, mean, I, I mean, no, there wasn't any other games that we were surprised about how the, the, the game ended. 
Who said I was surprised? <laughs> I was not surprised. UCA went to Kennesaw and just put a beat down uh, on Kennesaw State, fifty-one to twenty-four. Um, man, I, I don't think you could have drawn it up any better for UCA. Um, I think we had almost six hundred yards offense. Uh, Christian Richmond broke the a sun record for receptions in a game, which I don't know if that reaches back to just a sun football. If that was like <laughs> this year, <laughs> but I don't know. He's in the record book now. He had 12 catches for like 160 yards. So, uh, props to him. Got the offensive player of the week. Um, uh, McIlvain played well through one interception. Um, McIlvain is, is really coming along. Not, I mean, knock on wood, but he, uh, He's up at like 1,700 yards now, like 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. So, I mean, he's really coming along. He's getting comfortable in the playbook, I think. Um, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing with the UCA offense. We've scored 49, 49, and 51 in the last three games. So, um, I don't know. I know, Rev, you were surprised. So It just surprises me that you guys can manage to completely step on your toes like you did against Lyndon Wood and then turn around – and, and and just obliterate KSU on the road. Like I just I don't get your your Jekyll and Hyde team that you're that that you have going on in Conway. Um, you know, it makes me wonder. Like when you look at the games, I know you got a buy this week, and I'm sure you'll put up 49 on buy. But for like, sure, for sure. But like you know, it makes it really hard to look at games with you because we don't know which which bear team is going to show up. Is it the team that can't play defense? Like like against Lindenwood? Is it the team that? Well, I mean, and here's other. I mean, you know. KSU, KSU is not who we thought they were because they're having their own offensive woes. They don't know what they're going to run. They don't know what they're going to do. So, you know, but I expected better out of the KSU defense and it wasn't there. Nope. Uh, but then like, is it, or is it going to be the team that played well against Missouri state and lost to the special teams? Is it going to be the team, you know, like you just don't know, you don't, or, or is it going to be a team that's gone out and won, and won some of these really great games you've won this year? Like, you don't know what you're going to get. Like I thought SFA was inconsistent, but good God, man, UCA yeah. is, is really every game is either at this end or this end of the spectrum. And there's nothing consistent uh, with, with how they're playing. I will say the one thing that's been consistent is the offense has improved. Um, the offense against Missouri state was terrible. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I agree. Your offense has gotten better. I don't think your special team was as, or as bad as they were. But, They're not, but you sh- if you watch the game Saturday, you saw that we muffed a punt. I did see. That, I mean, I, we I, recovered, I kind of, yeah. and then we muffed a punt that they recovered. Uh, and so we did have some special teams uh, hiccups, but those were you know isolated and didn't lead to points. So, and uh, this is and this is crazy to think. UCA should be five and two right now. I would argue that. We could be six and six one. and one. I forgot about Missouri State, but if you look at just scores alone, yes, Semo was an eight point loss. Lindenwood was a, a three point, it's like a three point loss. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's Central the should at least be five and two, and yeah. probably atop of the power rankings. Here's the problem, though: you lost to Lindenwood. Like, that, how do you lose to a transitional team? Like, how seriously? How do you a team as good as you lose to? A transitioning team. Yes. Um, but I will say it's not like they came in and you looked bad the entire game. You looked bad in one facet of the game. 
And so did did you overlook that team? No, I mean you can't argue that we looked bad in any facet of the game. Other you let a transitioning team score fifty two points on you. Yeah, I mean I get that your offense looked great, but I mean, but I mean at the same time you 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 got in a you got in a leg race with a transitioning team who you should have blown out. I know I agree. And your your defense just you know don't know what they did. Playing devil playing devil's advocate though, Lindenwood is not your typical transitioning team though. I will say that Lindenwood could, I, if I was betting, I would have put money on them to beat Eastern Illinois. They went to Eastern Illinois this past weekend and won. Um, their offense got shot. That's crazy. Uh, their quarterback's really good. They've got several FBS transfers that that look the part. Um, they were a good team. Now, transitioning team. I understand that, and I'm not gonna argue with it, but. I do think they were a they're a good team, and you could look back at the end of the year and be like, "Oh, well, maybe that wasn't just terrible." They did win some games. Uh, they Eastern Illinois is two and four, right? They, I mean, yeah. they're not exactly they're not world beaters there, honestly. And they beat no. them by three. They beat y'all by three. They got complete. They got owned by Simo, like you would expect. They got owned by UT Martin, which you would expect, and they barely beat Houston Christian which you would expect true. because Houston Christian is awful. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I see your point, but at the, but at the same time, it, it just, it, it makes it so hard to figure out what you're going to do. And then once we start talking about this power pole thing, that's going to hurt. That's, I mean, that's going to oh, hurt. Already hurt. Yeah. I mean, and that's going to, no matter what you do this year, unless you beat SFA, like it's, it's going to hurt. I mean, if you don't beat SFA, it's all for naught at that point, but. Oh, for sure. But, but like, I mean, that, I mean, that, that, that's one of those losses that's going to absolutely sting longer than it should. Um, and I will say this about Lindenwood, if we're going to break down losses, those games against SEMO and UT Martin were not blowouts early. They were blowouts in the fourth quarter, um, which it's still a blowout. You still lost by 21 to SEMO and, uh, 30 to UT Martin, but still, anyway, that's enough and about Lindenwood. Well, one quick thing, okay, even, even, even though they are not playing a full OVC schedule, yes. they have Murray State and Tennessee Tech coming up. Lindenwood could win the win out the rest of their schedule, they could absolutely win two. Now, that eight and two would have wins against McKendry, uh, William Jewell, and Kaiser. Yeah, right. exactly. That's but, I was gonna, yeah, but so, I mean, I mean, either, either way, I mean, those those will be as good as good as shutting out Central Arkansas in the fourth quarter of their fifty-two to forty-nine. It's true, they did. We shut them out, other than a field goal, but that was a weird game. I well, and that that's my point is that every UCA game this year has been weird in some facet or another. There hasn't like, been yeah. a game where you're like, oh yeah, that's probably. Other, I mean. That, Missouri State, yes, you can be like, okay, a 13-point loss to Missouri State. At the time, that's probably what we expected. But we also did not play well. Um, and I blame that on we're a very young team. And I kind of blame all the like inconsistency on the fact that we're really young. Again, I go back to what I said preseason. We have 45 new faces on the field. Uh, or on the roster, excuse me. Um, we're not very old, even with our returners. Um, so I will say, give them that some of that inconsistency is they haven't learned how to play consistent yet. Yeah. Uh, like I, I said, on, I think I said on the national one too, the, the big boy show, like give UCA, maybe it was days, uh, one of the other shows I was on. I said, give UCA two years and they're yeah. top 10 team. Hopefully we can hold on to some of these guys. I would love to hold on to Darius Hale. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll be FBS, but I hope y'all do too. 
Maybe so, but I also think they can pitch the the idea that, hey, if you stay here, you're going to score a lot of touchdowns, you're going to run for a lot of yards, and you might not do that at the FBS level. And you're not like you're you're a big guy like you're beefy but you're not super tall and i mean he's like 510 so i don't see him i don't see him staying in state though because he wouldn't get action up in fayetteville and nobody wants to go to jonesboro so jonesboro is a ghost town right now yeah football but jones has lost it I did Ooh. see when I was unrelated when I was in Memphis. I did see the Arkansas State track and field team at the Memphis Airport when I was flying home. Hey, they're um, good. They are good. They're flying to Houston, I guess, for a meet they had, but they're they're good. So they're very you know, good. Yeah, the best. They're the best thing Arkansas State has. All right, let's let's go to the. Yeah, let's get to the middle. middle. Let's stop crapping on the fact that UCA lost to Linden, Lindenwood. It's okay. It happened. It is what it is. <laughs> it might not be okay, those. but it, it happened. Uh, let's get to the middle section and uh today like we said pre-show we're gonna start big go small we're just gonna talk a little what do we know now what are your thoughts on the national landscape and then we'll get to the wax sun um landscape and where we sit uh really with playoffs in mind um uh after week seven so first of all what was your most surprising results around the country this this past week i don't i got i got it i got it all right all right i'm gonna go Idaho beating montana <laughs> yeah that was nuts uh the little brown stein is going back to moscow yeah. yeah chris hammond was getting steins at the club after that game is that a uh is that like a named drink there so they have a so they so and chris you can you can chastise me if i get this wrong but in in, in moscow they have a thing called the corner club bar sure and so their beers by default are 32 ounce tubs as they call them instead of 16 ounce pints 32 ounce tubs That's a lot and so so tubs at the club is getting beer at the corner club and uh and the name of a podcast if you guys want to listen to some good idaho vandal content um i don't know i don't think chris is on it as much anymore but brian and all them to do a really good job with it no, so, i think you kind of yeah but uh yeah so um and then everybody who's a who's a club member has a shirt that has their number on it and it says go home whatever your number is, you're drunk. And if you go in and your club card number is on a board and they're going to randomly pick it. And so if you randomly show up and yours is there, you drink for free from eight to eight. That's funny. I know. Right. But anyways, yeah, no, Idaho beating Montana. What a job coach Eck has done in Idaho. Like, I mean, he, you know, he, he's just, he is turning that program around. They, you know, they're going to sneak into the playoffs. They have to at this point. Um, oh, you know, Big Sky, like Kyler Neal said on the Big Boy Show, Big Sky is now getting five teams in. They're getting five. You know, that that to me was the – it was a very enjoyable surprise. But I'd also said, too, um, even on the Big Boy Show, whenever I was touting – because I've been touting for the past four weeks or so that South Dakota State was the best team in the nation. They proved that on Saturday. So thank you, you know, rest of voters for catching up with me on voting South Dakota State one in your polls because I've been doing it now for the past, I think, four weeks. It was because they saw last week's uh, episode. (laughs) But whenever, yeah, yeah, good job. (laughs) Good job, Skip. Uh, Skip Owens there. Um, Anyways, the the point of that is, you know, 
I actually lost my train of thought. Uh, so no, whenever I was on the whenever I was on the 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 podcast talking about South Dakota State, I said that I thought Idaho State would have a chance to be a good team, but I also said that I didn't think Montana was as good as their ranking because if you looked at who they played, they hadn't played anybody. They have played a very weak schedule so far. They played Northwestern State. They played South Dakota. I mean, and when you look at their their results against other uh, uh, if you look at their results, I hate using com- like comparative results like that. But if you look at what like what what North Dakota State did, or if you look at what South Dakota State did against USC, like it didn't stand out as 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 much as you as you thought it would. And so I don't. I mean, it was a surprise, but I don't. I'm not surprised it happened because I knew Montana was going to stumble at some point. I just figured it would have been to the to the to the Sac States or the. Uh, the 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 Weber Grill states or the uh, Montana states, not Idaho. So props. I wish. I mean, if it wasn't cold, I would have wore my uh, my my uh, Vandal shirt today. But yeah, but it's hockey jersey day today. So yeah, I was definitely surprised by that. They uh, let's see, they moved up to seventeen in the stats poll or sixteen. Was it seventeen or sixteen? 17. I've seen some polls. Put, I've seen some people who are putting out polls and putting them in like the top ten. And I top think ten. I think that's a little bit early. Yeah. Well, you know, in our in our broadcast media poll, they're they're tenth. I um, think it's still a little bit early. Is, I have them at. Where I've had them. I've had them at like seventeen. I think I had them twenty five last. They're week. they're at fifteen in my poll. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, that's a big win. I just I don't think they're top ten yet. In the coaches' poll, they are twenty fourth, and that is behind um, Austin P and SFA. Yeah. Um. So, I I do think they're probably better than both of those teams. No, I agree. One hundred percent agree. But I don't know if they're better than I don't. I don't, I don't think they're a top. I still don't think they're a top ten. So think, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So are we? I, think their schedule is favorable for them to eventually jump into the top 10. They've got a couple. Let me pull it up because I had it. I got I it. They got it. Portland State, Sac State, uh, Eastern Washington, Davis, and Idaho State. Yeah, so it's favorable, but they've also got to play Sac State. Well, and Eastern Washington Which, is better than one and five. Sac State is looking real good right now. Let's talk about Sac State because I think we agree consensus number one, South Dakota State. Um, is Sac State the second best team in the country? Do they deserve the? It's two either spot? them or Weber. Uh yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's them or Weber. To be honest with you, I think I would probably give it to Weber, honestly, and I think Weber would show it head to head. But that's, I think, I could, I could see arguments from both sides. They're both <laughs> really, they're both really put together, like extremely well put together teams. Um. And uh, it, it, I, I, I mean, I can see that one going either way. It's definitely not the Montana, uh, Montana State or NDSU. It's one of those two. To me, well, Sac State looks like this year they're not that you know four or five seed like they have been in the past, where they get like Austin P goes to Sacramento and beats them. Yeah, um, they they look like a team that you could see in the semifinals uh, or potentially in Frisco. <laughs> so. That's crazy and, to think. Just a couple of years ago, they were the bottom of the big sky. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. They've got Montana this week. That'll be huge. Uh, well, in- so 
what is what is Sac State's upcoming schedule? So we got Mon- Montana, Idaho, Weber. So three tough games in a row, and yeah, then and Portland State and Davis. And yeah, and they've got to travel. They've got to travel to Ogden for the Weber game too. Yeah, yep. and Weber has Montana State, Montana, Sac State, and then bottom feeders. So here's the thing: they're gonna beat each other up. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think you'll have because right now you could argue that Montana State, Weber State. Um, I, I would not put Montana as a seed, and then Sac State would all get seeds. I don't necessarily see them all getting seeds, just naturally because one of them is going to lose more than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but making the playoffs and still making a deep run and and winning that first round game by you know. 30 40 points so the big sky is good it's it's deep yeah this is probably the best i mean they're not the big fluffy this time they've Mm-mm. they've they have really upped their game in the valley valley's valley. awful it's awful you take a, i mean if you look at the i mean it's north Dakota state south Dakota state missouri State's and then a big gap good. yeah and missouri state's not as good as you thought they were you and Southern I, Illinois dude, looks better. The Sokolukis look better. It's literally the Dakotas, big gap, Southern Illinois, big gap, rest of Valley. Exactly. So I don't think – I think Missouri Valley might only get three this year. Which to be honest North with. Dakota is looking decent. Um, yeah. Which I, would I think maybe they're, they're the, still the North Dakota that we know. I would well, include not. them in the tier with South Dakota – or South uh, Illinois. Southern, Southern Illinois, 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 yeah. Here's the thing, though. So now, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's South Dakota State and North Dakota this week. Uh, yes, think, in the I, in the Center, and, it, and it's and it's and it's at the USPS Sorting Center in a yep. in Grand Forks. So um, I'm predicting an upset. <laughs> I mean, I you know the South. The thing about South Dakota State, as much as I do love the Jackrabbits, and I really do, I I I, I like them. I like what they're I like their culture. I like all their stuff. I like that they finally sell beer at their stadium. But like the thing about what they do is they have a loss that they shouldn't have. They, they always stumble over their own, their own, their own feet. And that's what took them from seeding conversation last year down to being road dogs for most of the playoffs. And I'm worried that this one could be that game. Mm-hmm. Because North Dakota plays really well in the Alaris center. And they're not a bad team. They're they're just they're not. they're not bad. They're not good. They're just decent. They're good enough to beat you if they if, if they're exactly if you're, if you're not focused on them because they're going to be focused on you. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm picking an upset in that. Game. I mean, yeah, that's that's I could I could see that one being an upset. So that that's probably my upset of the week. All right, Jack, hey Jax fans, if you're listening or Jax players, don't don't do this because I've been touting you for the past <laughs> month. Don't mess this up for me. Hey, I'll put myself on their hype video. South Coast State, you're going to lose this week. You're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is they could take that clip and put it in there, and I'm about to follow it up by saying I don't believe that. I think you're an undisputed number one team in the country. But I know, I know. Like it's like whenever McCreary was talking, I was just sitting there shaking my head. Like, <laughs> oh man, but that was so, the highlight of our podcasting career. Uh, yeah. Like I can, I'm putting that on my resume now. Featured in South Dakota State, South Dakota State football's favorite podcast, The Wax Sun. Oh man! Um, well, go ahead. Another game that I found surprising, and it has no playoff implications. It's just the simple fact that 
a former power got blown out by a transitioning team, and that was Texas A&M Commerce over McNeese. Like, oh, yeah, I, that I, I'm sorry. Just just quickly saying, like, McNeese, you're absolutely terrible this year. But I tell you what, Commerce and Lindenwood both, I think, are teams that could do well. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Now, Commerce has I well, here's the thing too. They both have conference alignments right now that'll be favorable in the next few years to be good and like mm-hmm. to to win, I mean, make the playoffs. Once they're hopefully the transition rule goes away and you can make the playoffs as soon as you have the full number of scholarships. But anyway, um they both don't play in the greatest of conferences or the toughest of conferences. And so you could see them um, do well early. Yeah. So if we look at A&M Commerce's schedule this year, and I'm only going to look at the D1 games, um, they lost by one Tennessee Tech. They lost by 10 to Sam Houston. Um, they beat Southeastern Louisiana, 31 to 28. They beat McNeese. They've got Houston Christian this week, and that could potentially be a win. And then here's the real game that I think can mess up people's worlds. World, uh, world's is they get incarnate word in commerce. Oh, that's a trap game. That's a trap game, you know, and that that's going to screw. Like if if incarnate word stumbles again, like they did against uh, Southeastern Louisiana, like I think there's a lot of hearts that are going to (laughs) break. I might have to watch that game. It's on the 29th of October. Uh, Two weeks. I won't, I won't be able to watch it. Two weeks. It is two weeks. That uh, that'll be good because I think other than I mean I think they beat Houston Christian I think they beat Northwestern State I think they beat Nichols Tennessee yeah. State I think that'll be a game but mm-hmm. Incarnate Word on paper should you know blow them out but Southeastern Louisiana should have blown them out too on paper no hundred percent so and and they and they get them at home they get them in Commerce on where the giant lion used to hang out but they got rid of that turf yeah can we talk about the SoCon no. No, nobody likes the SoCon. Well, it's SoCon. If you want, you want to talk to SoCon, go talk to Kevin. Yeah, I, if, I, there's a I whole cast I'd rather go jump time. in front of a bus. But, you know, the one thing about the SoCon <laughs> is nobody's talking about Chattanooga. And I think they should no. be. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, they're up I'll to, even throw Sanford in there. Yeah. The stats nobody is talking about those two teams. It's kind of nuts. Everybody's talking about Mercer, though. Everybody's talking about Mercer, yeah, but everybody's ignoring Chattanooga. Chattanooga quietly is having one hell of a season, um, you know, and they're positioning themselves to be in a really great spot, maybe even a seed in the playoffs with the way that they're going. They're, I mean, but no one's saying a word about them. They uh, I don't know if it's, we'll I don't know if it, Ocon this week. Yeah, I don't know. My thing with Chattanooga is that it, it, historically we always would see Chattanooga do this, and then they would do the same thing South Dakota State does. They would somehow they would just stumble in the back half of the year. It's like they lost the, the Chattanooga choo choo momentum and just. It just starts slowing down. Like I, I, I hope they don't because this is really enjoyable to watch. Watch them do well. Well, here's the thing: if you look at all three of their schedules, Mercer has to travel to Chattanooga and to Homewood, Alabama, to play Samford and Chattanooga. I personally think they won't win both of those. They'll no. win. They'll win one of them, and then <laughs> Samford has Mercer at home and travels to Chattanooga. They will win one of those. Chattanooga gets both of them at home and I'm going to I'm going to bet Samford probably beats Chattanooga at home and you will end up with a three-way tie for um 
the SoCon. But I bet they have a better way to to settle that than the Black Sun has for their AQ. You want to talk about that? <laughs> You're like, look, that's, that's, a, called a, that's called a segue. That is a perfect segue. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to cut the SoCon talk off, but that was perfect. That's what I do. The top three in the SoCon are going to settle it out in the next, like, three weeks. So One chatty. Yeah. Um, but perfect segue into um, the Waxon power ranking and AQ situation. So I'm going to throw it up on the screen. If you don't know, um, the WAC and the A-Sun have a partnership, one automatic qualifying bid for the playoffs, and each each conference in their own way determines a champion, nominates that champion for the automatic qualifier. And then um, countable games are tallied up, and whoever has the better record in those countable games gets the AQ. If you have the same record... We go to um, head-to-head, and if they haven't played each other, then we go to this power ranking, which I will throw up on the screen now. So you missed one very important thing on oh this, God. too. What was it? All right, so we said you said you were talking about this. So the second part of this this uh, this rule, you know, so it says that the regular season champion is a reclassifying team. The conference shall nominate the team finishing highest in the regular season standings that is eligible for FCS auto qualifier. Makes sense. Tiebreaker formulas are to be set by each conference and may include use of the ASUN WAC power ranking. So basically, the conferences can decide their tiebreaker however they damn well please. But so there's I not think... going to be a set. If there is a tiebreaker, there's not going to be a set one that both are going to use to crown their <laughs> champion that they're going to put up for the AQ. I would assume both conferences are going to say, okay, if we have a tie, the head to head gets it because everybody in the WAC plays each other, everybody in the ASUN plays each right. other. Right. Yeah. Which if it think... can... I would think so too, but the you're the not coming out the ASUN, but the ASUN has done some really nutty stuff whenever it's come to determining stuff. No, you're right. Pressure. But if they didn't go to head to head, I think they would get so much pushback that mm-hmm. it wouldn't be worth doing a power thing. So we'll see. But hopefully they do head to head. I hope so, but they're setting this up for just a giant cluster. But anyway. Here is the power ranking as of this week. I chose to use the wax um, graphic. I thought it was a little bit better, a little cleaner. Um, SFA sits at the top. Abilene Christian sits there in second. And look at the gap in the actual power like rating, whatever the numerical value is, 0.89 to 0.72. There's a big gap between SFA and Abilene Christian. Uh, Austin P. I don't know why they listed Tarleton because they're not eligible, but they didn't list the transitioning schools. Um, Eastern Kentucky at five, UCA at six, Southern Utah at seven, Kennesaw at eight, and then North Alabama at 10. Um, we kind of talked about countable games. I, uh, I did some digging, not really, I just looked at schedules, but um, and got each team's record in countable games in teams that are like eligible for this automatic qualifier. So um, SFA is undefeated, but has only played three countable games. Kind of a wacky uh, like quirk in the schedule there. And I think that's why their power ranking is so high too, because I think they're, I mean, if you look at, like I said earlier, you look at their games, their losses are two FBS teams or FBS transitioning teams, and that's not hurting them with their power ranking. No, it's not. Uh, but it's no secret that SFA schedule has like, the countable games schedule has not been that difficult. No, now, I mean, Ab- Abilene's good. 
Yeah. Tarleton's okay. But Alcorn State. I mean, they're, they're not, not bad. They're not great, but they're not bad. And then they have the two Utah <laughs> schools, right? And then, you know. Which, I'm talking about the three that have been played. Yeah, the three that have played are not, they're not great um, at all by any means. So, I, again, that's what makes this, this whole power rating system completely, like, ludicrous in my opinion. Abilene, 4-1. and one. Austin P. get this. They've got six countable games so far. They're 5-1. and one. Their strength of schedule is crap. They've played Presbyterian, Alabama A&M. Um, oh, God, who else? Uh, they're only... Oh, you're, ta- you're talking about cannibal games. Yeah, well, Eastern not... Kentucky counts. Um, yeah, they played EKU. Their only loss was to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so their, their non-conference strength of schedule in countable non-conference games was crap. But anyway, Eastern Kentucky 3-1. and one, Their only loss is to Austin P. UCA three and three, so Southern Utah, Kennesaw's two and two, and then North Alabama is zero and five. Um, so here's the quirk here. So let's just take a team like Southern Utah or UCA, for example. They could win out if they win four games and are seven and three. SFA is likely not gonna, and I'm assuming this like power rank, like the record in countable games, would be um, by winning percentage because each team has vastly different numbers of games. I think it's got to uh, be, yeah. So, SFA is at a really an advantage because they've got fewer games. So, like, if you win two more, you're pretty much guaranteed to be the best record in um, countable games. If but, it, the pro- but the problem is, is that this isn't used to actually determine who the conferences are picking for their champions. It's supplementary to it. So, SFA would have to win out the rest of the whack. Because Abilene Christian's also undefeated in the WAC. They play each other again. The first game wasn't a counter. So if they both run their schedule, at least the WAC portion of their schedule, not not dismissing the UCA game, but what we're just looking at conference things. Yes. That makes the game on November the 19th all that more important because that will probably determine who wins the WAC. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then let's say from the A-Sun, let's say UCA runs the rest of their schedule. Right, so then it gets to those tiebreakers, and then if they go to power pole, then yeah, then SFA definitely has an advantage at that point. Which I don't think the power pole is going to end up being used because nobody's going to have the same record. I don't think so either. I think it's just something. The power pole is there. It's a catch net saying, "Hey, if this does happen, at least we've got a power ranking." And so they put this power ranking out, but then the WAC was pretty transparent and was like, "Look, if the season ended today, Abilene would be the WAC champion. UCA would be the A Sun champion." Abilene would go because they're four and one UCA is three and three. So the winning percentage is it's 800 for Abilene and 500 for UCA. So I really think it's just going to come down to record, but I think that it sucks that if it comes down to record, because the strength of schedule is totally different because these teams Mm -hmm. didn't play each other. Yeah. At least when you've got everybody playing each other, the strength of schedule starts to average out. (coughs) Um, So I think it sucks. I think it, I, I, yeah, I don't like this. And because there's going to be a team that's deserving that's going to get left out. You know? Glad I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. 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 If I you, will say it does make me happy that if you lose to Jacksonville State, it's a non counter. Yeah. If you, if you beat Jacksonville State, it's a counter. So, like, yeah. if we were to beat them on senior day, it counts. Yep. If we no. lose to them, it doesn't. It's just so. like, the, it's just like the, the, the uh, playoff requirements. Same thing. You lose an FBS team, you don't get punished. The the catch though is that in the ASUN standings it counts. So yeah, it, every your, game, conf- your conference is a 
big nutter butter. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, they... so, even though we're not eligible for the A Sun Championship title, uh, the last game of the season for both UCA and JSU will basically be the A Sun Championship game. You can you can crush their hopes and dreams. Nah, see, here's the deal, though. But, I mean, at that point, you might as well give it to UCA. Exactly. I mean, UCA has to win out, though. That's another thing. But Exactly. Which, who knows who shows up, like you said, which team (laughs) takes the field. Um, But, yeah, I think this is – the more I've dug into it, man, it is is hard to look at. And my brain hurts. Because <laughs> yeah. well, it's like, 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 like Rev said, there's two different ways of determining champions of each conference, and then you have a different way of determining the AQ. But if that doesn't work, you go to this. And I understand that, but like, why even put the power ranking out there then? Why not just be like, okay, this power ranking that we probably won't have to use? You know, I don't know. No, whatever. It's just, it's like I said, this is just making things more convoluted because you have. <laughs> You have certain writers who I'm not going to name tweet out that SFA is the AQ based upon the thing by shooting off powerful, which is not the case. You know, you have the waxing. It's like, I just like you had different, you're, you're really just muddying the waters. You know, how about my thought would be this. How about you just say, here's the power pole. And, but as, but you know, I don't even know, share, just track it, just track the power pole, focus on the standings. And then maybe as you get to like November, Start saying here's what start you start broadcasting out here's where the power pole stands, like because it's not, you didn't it's have not to put it out there. No, have it out there where people can find it, but you don't have to broadcast it. Broadcast the standings, right. like this yep. is you're just you're just making a giant CF of 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 the, of this, and we know it's going to be, which makes me hope that next year the conferences get their get their crap together and they say, okay, we're going to do a eight an eight you know eight team uh 18 conference schedule yeah and just and get their get their stuff together it's definitely um a cluster but yeah props to the whack whack, though for putting out a if the season ended today the automatic qualifier would be a um the like the champion from each conference would be these two schools and abilene christian would get it so props to the whack for kind of clearing that up because if you have an example like that, you can almost like backtrack and be like, okay, so this is how it works. Yep, so, exactly. Props to them. Let's talk yeah. week eight football because we are down to five weeks left in the regular season. Uh, most teams only have four games left. This is uh, just kind of nuts that we're, mm-hmm. you know, getting to the end of October. <laughs> But uh, we have a good schedule this week. And you know what? I just forgot. I did not play the banner during when we were talking results. I typed a whole banner out of results. Oh. Never played it. That sucks. <laughs> oh, no. That makes me feel bad. I do that all anyway. the time for Cocky Nation. You know, just put it up real quick. Just feel better about yourself. Just to make myself quick. feel better? Yeah, I just put it up real quick. Look at this hard work. Because I saw it earlier yeah. and thought it looked great. And then we're not going to say what Will accidentally did or didn't do. But we there may be a five-second recording of Brandon's face. <laughs> that'll be i'll put that at the end and i'll put what i said after that uh oh man anyway let's talk week eight we have a great slate of games really um first off our game of the week which we'll talk about last southeast louisiana at jacksonville state north alabama goes to richmond to play eastern kentucky tennessee tech comes to kennesaw uh, SFA goes to Cedar City to play Southern Utah. Southwest Baptist uh, playing Tarleton would be a good one. 
<laughs> uh, right there. Yeah. And then Sam Houston making the trip to Utah Tech in what is now a more interesting game. So uh, we don't have to, you know, get in depth. I think it's I think it's better when we just kind of do the game day style and just like, you know, give your thoughts, give a prediction and we'll move on. So uh, we'll start with let's just start with Sam Houston and Utah Tech, because I think that's interesting. Yeah, so like I said, had the news not come out this week that one, Sam Houston's getting a new offense, was benching their, uh, demoting their offensive coordinator, but then two, losing half of their starters to red shirts. I would have said that Sam Houston probably would have won this by, you know, a good 14 points or so. But now, you know what? I called it last week. It didn't happen. I'm going for it this week. Give me Utah Tech. Give me the Blazers. Get that dub at home. You know, tear down the goalposts. Do whatever you do. Drink some decaf, just get nuts. Do whatever you need to do down there. But that's who I'm taking, Utah Tech. Brandon? Um, yeah, I agree with Rev. I think the fact that um, half of their starters are gone to redshirt, that's going to play a major role into Utah Tech's advantage. Uh, and the fact that it's also in St. George, Utah, See, no, my geography right there. Uh, but well, considering they it, almost changed it to St. George State University, I, you know, <laughs> good job. No, um, but yeah, I'm taking the Trailblazers. I, uh, I will also take Utah Tech. And um, you're talking about tearing the goalpost down. There's not water anywhere near the campus. The Virgin River <laughs> runs through town. But you have to, I mean, you'd have to like get on the interstate, drive a little bit, get off the interstate and walk past um, some gas stations and you'd be at the Virgin River. So they're not going to throw them in the river. But um, yeah, I think Utah Tech wins this one. And that's a bold prediction. Did we just go 3-0 and for Utah Tech? That's crazy. Yeah. Who would have thought? Southwest Baptist at Tarleton. Not much to talk about. I think Tarleton yeah. will just be better. And I think they I think Bo Allen has a uh, standout game and they they win. Uh, the possible future FBS team will get the job done. Probably. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about <laughs> probably having a having a full stadium for this game. And then they're going to brag about it on Twitter. But yep. yeah, this game will be over early. Wait, to, wait, to, you know, I mean, so you got. So, yeah, Tarleton big. Uh, SFA at Southern Utah in what I think is a lot of people are going to pick SFA or just assume SFA is going to win. But Southern Utah, don't look past them. Yeah, so if this game was in Nacogdoches, I'd pick SFA, you know, like no, without thinking about it. But but it's in Cedar City. That's a long haul to travel. Last time SFA played in Cedar City, they lost. I think it was in overtime. It was like 42-35 back in 2019. You know, that's that's a tough one. I think SFA is starting to get some momentum going over the past couple weeks. Um, I think they can play consistent ball, play like what they did in the second half. Uh, I think they can win. I think their defense matches up real well against Southern Utah. Um, That's why I'm going to take them, but I don't think it's going to be a score like we saw against Tarleton. I think it's going to be a closer game, maybe a, a 10 point game, but I'm going to take the Jacks. I have done horrible picking against SFA the past couple of weeks. 
There is no keep, keep doing question. it. Keep doing it. Keep picking. No, one. there is no question on who I'm gonna pick. I'm picking SFA in this one. I uh, watch him I lose think... now. I know. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> Kiss of death. My uh, my evaluation of the situation is that these both of these teams are kind of um, building programs. Um, really not necessarily from the ground up because I think SFA has always had a program, but you know, there were dark days for SFA football there for a little bit. Obviously there's been some dark days for Southern Utah. So uh, I think SFA is just a little uh, further ahead in that rebuilding schedule than Southern Utah is. This is kind of Southern Utah's first year of uh, looking like they're, you know, doing a good job of rebuilding, making strides. So yeah, I'm going to go with SFA uh, even on the road. Tennessee Tech, Kennesaw State. Um, Kennesaw State, obviously, a beat down last week. This is going to be the fourth home game in a row for the Owls, which, if you ask me, that sucks. Um, four home games, usually that fourth one, if usually there's nobody left in your stadium, <laughs> um, at least at this level, and there was nobody in their stadium to start. So, um, yeah, I know. It, it hurts. Uh, Kennesaw State, I think they're banged up. Uh, Tennessee Tech's not good, though, uh, so I'm going to say Kennesaw State is able to run the ball a little bit better than they did against UCA. They got outrushed against UCA, only the fourth time in program history that they were outrushed. Um, so, but I'm going to say Kennesaw State gets it done. Yeah, so I actually know Coach Alexander's sister from Tennessee Tech, and that's not a joke. And just because of that, and because I don't know what Coach Bohannon has, Tennessee Tech's not a good team, but Neither is Kennesaw State at the moment. Kennesaw State doesn't have an offense. They don't have. They don't. They don't. They don't have like. Uh, uh, they're not themselves. So I'm gonna pick the Golden Eagles, Tennessee Tech. Let's get the upset. Yeah, Tennessee Tech. Uh, coming from somebody who used to be in the OVC, like their team used to be in the OVC. Tennessee Tech is always that one team late in the season that can have a surprise upset um even though this won't be an upset um i think uh they get the job done and make kennesaw state look even worse man that would be rock bottom for kennesaw state if that does happen that just shows you that cosa made a real real dumbass choice with the schools that picking them in but I, I still think it's a coaching thing, an offensive scheme thing. I think it is too, but I mean, I I, I wonder how fickle the KSU fan base is going to be on this one. Like, you know, you, they're so used to doing well being a playoff team, and then they're they're close to hitting what's rock bottom for their program. Yeah. Uh, North Alabama making the trip to Richmond to play Eastern Kentucky. Um, man, North Alabama, they're they're hurting. They're, Bless they, their souls. I feel bad for them. I do too. The last two years, man, we have we've talked them up and said maybe this is the year they they finally kind of break through, especially this year because they had something to play for. It was like, hey, these games actually matter now. Yeah. Um, and they have not done well so far. They've been close in a few games, but their their defense is not not good. Um, so. I think Eastern Kentucky with the offense they've got, um, especially coming off a heartbreaker to Sam Houston, um, they get things back into gear and 
beat the uh, Lions. Yeah, give me the fight and waltz. I think they're going to win. That's a. I don't. I don't see North Alabama competing with them. I mean, North Alabama did manage to put a scare in Jacksonville State, but I don't think Eastern Kentucky is going to let a team come into their house and beat them two weeks in a row. Like I just don't see it happening. So, give me the Colonels. I want to pick you and I so bad. Do it. I want to. I want to. Do it. I want to do it. So bad. Do it. You know what? I think I might. I'm gonna go Lions. I'm gonna, I need a sound I'm machine. You and <laughs> I need like a like a sound machine, like you know the remix, but like hit like you know that siren or something when Brandon makes a, a hot take. Sorry, when Skip has a hot take. Um, I, I just I I want you and a to have that breakout game that changes the momentum of the program. They've had so many opportunities and nothing. Man, I hate it for Coach Willis. There's a lot of people that don't want him um, in Florence anymore, and I think he is a great coach. Um, they're overreacting. I agree. Um, I think they're maybe acting with some. Uh, they're so used feelings. to the dominant days of the D of D two. Sorry, you're you're in you're playing big boy football now. Yeah. But, hey, uh, did you, hey, Willis, is this what you wanted for? For uh, for Brandon. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted. I need to figure out a way to play that because we have at least one every week where I could do that. I just pulled that off of a certain streaming site. I can send you the link just to have it ready for you to go. Please do. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, speaking, you called Eastern Kentucky the fighting waltz. Uh, did you see him get after the officials after the game? Yeah, he was pissed. That- he, I mean, they were going in their like locker room, and he yeah. caught them, and yeah. they had to kind of push him away from the white cap. So, yeah. that was, yeah. I was like, I don't know if his cardiologist is, you know, How seeing you... seeing that, like, being happy about it. No, like you don't want to, you don't want to see that happen again. So, you know, keep it. I, I get that you're absolutely upset about that game, Coach. I think a lot of us were too, but you know, yeah. Don't don't risk the ticker. That uh that pass interference call was a little sus, but yeah. Um, the game of the week. Uh, can you hit the sound again? Uh, I, I sure know. can. It, it, you are, if you're already passed it. Game of the week. Uh, before we get to it, we got some standings to throw up here. The Rev has taken the lead. He's sick. Last time we showed you standings, he was at second. He is now in the lead by two games, and I am. In second now, uh, tied for second, but still better than third at four and five. And I still have two freebies waiting on me at the end of the year. And so uh, I'm moving up. I'm getting better. Brandon's getting worse. Yes. <laughs> uh, really, I'm just like three and one, since, or like three and two, I guess, since in the last like four weeks. Because we had two that one week, but um, game of the week: Southeastern Louisiana, Jacksonville State. Um, they're in Jacksonville. Was this this game was played last year, right, or two years ago? Three years. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, ago. I knew it was played at, at Hammond. Because um, that was the year we were like a title contender, and just absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. we just did that to that game. <laughs> 
And it was so, the year of that bad hype hype video. <laughs> oh god, I forgot about the hype video. Uh, this is this is gonna be a fun one. Um, if man, if Southeastern had not lost to Commerce, I would pick them. Game. I'd pick them in an upset, and it could still be a good game. I'm just not confident to pick them in an like in an upset. Well, um, it's also homecoming. So will there be twenty thousand people there? Like, yes. you know, there'll be a big crowd. Yes. Well, we always have a big crowd on homecoming. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw my pick out there, and I'm gonna roll with uh, Jacksonville State to uh, get the win on homecoming. I wouldn't have scheduled Southeastern on homecoming, but I guess if I had extra scholarships, I'd be more confident. This is to complete the home and home. Yeah, I know. Um, I would have so put yeah. Nichols to be honest, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna roll with Jacksonville State to uh, to get it done on homecoming. Brandon, you can go because I think Rob's oh. like doing some research. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it, I don't need to explain myself. It's homecoming, big crowd, band will be loud, crowd will be loud. I mean, JSU is gonna win this. It'll be a good game. It'll be a close game. Um, but I still think at the end it'll end up being at least a ten point win for JSU. Yeah, no, I was sending you the air horn. Actually. Yeah, I see that now. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, you can act like I was doing research. There's not much to look at. Like, no. I'm going to pick JSU just because in the event that somehow Southeastern Louisiana does pull this W out, I haven't lost anything in the standings. See? Smart. Keep my keep, Got to keep my lead. But, no, I just Southeastern, – South, Southeastern Louisiana, they – if they – if they, they – you know, they – they beat UIW, which was a great win. Last second, you know, sort of, I don't say a fluke win, but like, you know what I mean? Like it was the last second, the safety slipped, got, you know, like. Well, the the play was a fluke. The play was a fluke. Right. Now, them the, hanging the, with them was not. The, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it, ending it that way was a fluke. Yes. Then the fact that they had a freshman quarterback come in because, uh, what's his name? Cephas Johnson I, mm. I, uh, got injured, like. The fact that he kept them in is great, but then you lost to AM Commerce, and AM Commerce isn't a good team, but Jacksonville State is a much better team than AM Commerce, even in the John Gross era. So I think you have to take the Gamecocks on homecoming. So yeah, I think we're I think it's a it's a clean sweep. Which a question has that means that the standings will be the same next week. But yeah. it's okay. I can start just picking against you. At any time. A question has been going through my mind. Where would JSU be ranked if we were actually being ranked? Oh, see, okay, hold on. <clears throat> so I like Massey ratings. Yeah. And uh, just an interesting uh, factoid here. They've been as high as six. Yeah. Um, but right now, you would be in their ratings 18th um in their computer ratings so i wonder why your strength of schedule is 63rd in the country uh compare yeah, that as, to, as we go through the season it's gotten worse well compare that to like uca's is 19 and so yeah. um yeah i mean i think that's part of it but and to start we had a top 15 strength of schedule like mm-hmm. to start the season here, and here's the thing, though, because you're asking to be ranked. Are you being ranked contending that you were 
still jumping to FBS or if you're staying as an FCS team. As an FCS team. You wouldn't have Rich Rod as your coach, so God knows where you would be because I don't think Rich Rod would have gone to an FCS program. So, And you probably wouldn't have won some of these games because it's no secret you've got some transfers on your team that wouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm mainly like for this year we would be an FCS team but transitioning. So I'm, I'm specifically talking about this year with Rich Rod. If that makes sense. So like like all the players you have on the roster? Correct. So you're saying like take your like mostly FBS roster and put them in the FCS and let us say what we think they would be ranked? No, 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 no. After the results of this season, where would we be ranked? You answer my question. Yeah, but the problem the problem with your question is that you're you're whenever I ask you for clarification because if we were ranking you, that means you wouldn't be jumping to FBS. You'd still be an FCS yeah. team who wasn't transitioning. And if that and was it, the case, you wouldn't have what you have on your team this year. That's the that's the difference. So, I mean, in theory, if we want to play in theory, I could see y'all being ranked probably ninth, 11th. I was about to say, I think in our media poll, we would be top 10. The problem is you wouldn't have the players you have and you wouldn't have the coach you have. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll acquiesce to what you're what you're trying to say, and I'd say I I think you'd probably be ninth. I I don't. I think your strength schedule would hurt you. Mm -hmm. I think the the way that you finished some of your games here recently would probably hurt you a little bit too, in the eyes of the voters. And plus, I think you would have a little a little recency bias go against you. So. Somebody get this man another beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a ninth. ninth. Yeah, I'd I'd buy that. I'd buy anywhere from nine to 14. Um, I I could take that. But the problem is it's hard for me to do that just because you're not – like the players wouldn't be there and the coach wouldn't be there. It would be a completely different situation. You wouldn't wouldn't have Rich Rod. You would have – who knows? You could have had someone like – like Eck, you know, it was a good offensive coordinator from somewhere in the FCS. Go over there. It wouldn't have been oh, really we, we would be unstoppable. But you also have to like <laughs> the question itself is like saying where would Louisiana Tech be in the FCS this year? It, that, that's like the nature of the question you're asking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is saying like, okay, what where they wouldn't have the same players, but where would they rank in FCS if they had that team? Okay, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah. So, so. No, uh, well, hey, I think that about does it for week eight of Wax Sun Weekly. Um, I say it every week, but if you do not already, Rev, point to it. Um, make sure you subscribe below to the CS Fans Nation YouTube channel. Um, you can also catch us on Spotify. Burn throws our episodes on there every week um, and Apple Podcasts. And I think pretty much wherever podcasts are found. So, um, make sure you uh, listen on there if you can't watch. So, because I know we're ugly and you may not want to watch us, but uh, uh, make sure you subscribe and then make sure you join the Facebook page, uh, FCS Fans Nation. Uh, almost, almost thirteen thousand now, uh, strong. So, uh, community is growing and always some good um, communication going on there and some trash talk, if you may. man i have a great picture to show you guys to close the episode but then i remembered that we don't play until next week 
um i was like i i have next game in mind and we don't play we have a bye week save, so. save it for save it for next week because it'll be good yep and also i want to add one thing too so it, I, by the time this comes out it's gonna be either midnight or basically wednesday when folks are listening to this yeah. go on youtube wednesday night at eight o'clock watch the south dakota state uh jackrabbit illustrated b team live show because it's probably going to be pretty lit with uh the performance <laughs> With, against NDSU, they're live. I don't know if anybody saw this, but their live podcast with Matt Crazy at Buffalo Wild Wings in Fargo it was pretty amusing. But go watch this one. I think they're going to have a field day with their podcast. It'll definitely be entertaining. Are we still doing a mass podcast with them at some point? I yeah, it's still we're, we a playoff podcast. That's everybody that's not part of the Big Boy Show. I think would be pretty. <laughs> oh, so we're going to have our own selection Sunday like preview. I think I, that or we talk through the results, but yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun to do. We just got to, you know, I don't know if we pull everybody off their show. Maybe we grab Matt and Brendan, or maybe, maybe we just grab Brendan and Ben, you know, I, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I mean, I mean, they all are quality Matt and Dallas and Kyle, they all know their stuff. Uh, so does Brendan and Ben and Chad and, and Chad. I mean, man, poor Chad. He's, he is, he's becoming the, 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 the pod father at the moment of all the podcasts he's on. So I, I think it'd be fun to do it. Honestly, I think it'd be, I think it'd be, it would be, um, it'd be chaos too. And I, I absolutely a love lot of chaos. chaos, a lot of chaos, but I think it'd be a lot of fun to do. So we got to, we got to hash that out. Also, we've had a couple of weeks. We were supposed to have a special guest. I think we're going to have him on next week. He's a very busy man, you know, a very, very, very busy man. He has, he, he has, uh, uh, children's. He has, he has children's. He has, uh, you know, he, you know, he, he, he protects our country and does drill and all that stuff. So, but I think we're going to have him on next week. I'll He's already up straight in my chair, make sure the room's clean in the back. Uh, <laughs> make sure the microphone's say, sounding good. I was going to say, we should screw with him and come in with like ties. and, <laughs> and <college>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that would be funny. But uh, no, that's going to be, it's going to be fun next week. Uh, we'll have a, we'll have a good time. If you don't know who we're talking about, you'll, we'll you'll see. see. Yeah. So guys, thanks for joining me. Uh, it was fun. It's always fun. And, uh, I can't wait till next week. Make sure mm-hmm. you're watching all the content that's coming off this YouTube channel. It's really good. Not just us. So I, I don't even know if we're that good or not. I think it's, we set the bar pretty low. So, <laughs> but we are South Dakota state football's favorite podcast. It's true. So, uh, yes. Thanks for uh, thanks for watching this. Make sure you leave a like, comment, and subscribe, and we will see you all next week.